Good morning everybody, hope you're all well. So say hi uh, if you can see me. I'm not in my office, so you know, these are all impromptu lives now. Um, and if you can hear me, can you see me? Can you hear me? Say hello, you saw I'm there, I'm not talking to myself. And the final thing I'm gonna do now is pin this to the top of my page, then we're gonna go. So, uh, 20 people on, no one's saying hi. Can you hear me? Can you see me, folks? You've gotta say hi. You've got to let me know that um, I'm not talking to myself, which would be absolutely awesome. Um, right, just one final thing. I'm just going to share this into my main group now. We've got 21 people on board. Okay, and that's the last click, I think. I think we're done. Okay, awesome. So, good morning everybody. No one is saying uh, good morning. Okay, that's cool. Everyone's really subdued today. So today, um, the, the whole point of today is just to do a live Q&A. Now, since the government announcements yesterday, we have got so many people asking so many different questions. Questions on what is acceptable, what isn't acceptable. Then there was an announcement that there was going to be some kind of change to the bill, an amendment to the bill for self-employed people. So lots of questions off the back of that. And um, what we're doing about viewings, what we're doing about check-ins, what we're doing about gas safety certificates. So there's been so much that has come in. Um, and um, I think rather than typing individual answers to those questions, it's much, much better to do it in a format like this. So what I'm going to encourage you all to do now, folks, is ask me your questions live. So what have you got on your mind right now, owing to what happened yesterday and the announcements that we had yesterday? So good morning, Susan. Good morning, Chi. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Robin and everybody else that's on here. So this is going to be a live. It's going to be a busy one this morning. Good morning, Daniel. Um, I'm encouraging you now to ask me your questions live. Now, there's a couple of caveats here, folks. I don't have all of the answers I'm not a politician, but what I can help you do is based on my experience and based on what we are doing right now, help you move forward um, and potentially help you, guide you with some answers um, on the things that we are doing. Okay, so let's look at the announcement first of all. So prior to yesterday, good morning Anna, good morning Toby. Um, Anna's watching from the Philippines. Okay, awesome, I hope things are good over there for you. So prior to yesterday's announcement, we were operating our business remotely. So we were, um, we were doing remote viewings, we were doing remote check-ins, and that meant that we were offering people viewings on spare room, and um, they would take the room, and we would give them a guarantee that if they didn't like the room when they got there, we would give them a full refund. And now that's how we've been operating for the last three or four days. Now that's worked really well, and we've filled two rooms off the back of that yesterday or the day before, I can't remember. Um, but things have changed. Now, things are changing, obviously, on a daily basis. Now, how are we doing this moving forwards? So what we've decided to do, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but we are honouring all of the rooms <clears throat> that we've guaranteed tenants so far. So we're allowing tenants to do remote check-ins. So the tenants that we, um, we've signed up already, we are honouring those. We have to, we've got a duty of care, of course, to them as well, because they've got nowhere else to live. So how are we doing that? Um, they've signed their contracts online using GoTenant, and then we are putting keys in the key safe outside, excuse me, outside the property, and they're checking themselves in. 
Now, once we've done that and we've completed all of those check-ins, we haven't got that many left to do, then we're locked down. Now, that's the only responsible thing I think that we can do as landlords. Now, this is the way that we're running our business, okay? Um, I'm not saying that this is the way that you should do it. Now, I'm going to go through what the measures the government announced yesterday and see what fits and what doesn't fit. But from this week, we will be on lockdown. So we're not going to do any more viewings. We're not going to offer any more rooms. We're closing our spare room adverts uh, because it's the only sensible thing that we can do. Because, yes, it's about maintaining cash flow. But on the other hand, we've still got to be um, seen to be safe and, of course, doing our bit to protect the country and our tenants as well. So lots of questions coming in. Keep them coming in, folks. I'm going to get to them in a second. So the measures. So you know this already. So all I'm going to do is regurgitate the measures that Boris Johnson, Johnson said and try and interpret that into our business and what it means for us um, as investors, as personal landlords, if you're not incorporated, if you're just self-employed, etc. Okay. So the Prime Minister said that shops selling non-essential goods, including clothes and electronics, will close immediately. So um, I can tell you that off the back of that, uh, most of the building suppliers are going to close as well. And I know that because Travis Perkins have already made an announcement today that they're shutting all of their online facilities and all of their shops. So for people that are saying, um, can builders still work? Can my development still go ahead? Um, I'm going to come to that in a second. Potentially, yes, provided you're not breaching any of the other um, statutes that have been introduced. But are they going to be able to go to any suppliers to get building materials? Because um, I think most of them are going to be closed. So you're going to have to make your own call on that. So libraries, playgrounds, outdoor gyms and places of worship will also close and gatherings of more than two people, excluding people who live together, will also be banned. There will be no weddings, baptisms, but funerals will be allowed. Parks will remain open, but people are only to go out and exercise once a day. How the hell are they going to police that? How do they know if you're exercising more than once a day? I don't know. People also being told not to meet friends or family. Um, Mr. Johnson said people would only be allowed to leave their homes in future for specific and limited purposes. So shopping for basic necessities as infrequently as possible. People should be able to do delivery services where they can. Medical reasons to provide care or travelling to and from work, but only if absolutely necessary. So that is the test there. That's the threshold test. To and from work, only if absolutely necessary. How are we going to, I mean, that's gonna be very subjective. So if you're in the middle of a refurb right now, um, is it absolutely necessary that it gets finished now? I don't know. Now we were down for evaluation today. We're on bridging. We needed that valuation to happen today. Otherwise the bridging will have to be extended. They've canceled. Um, the valuers have canceled this morning, unfortunately. So now we're in a predicament where we're going to have to go over our bridging. And unfortunately, that's the way of the world. So I'm saying to you at the moment, is it absolutely necessary? I don't know. Only you can make that call, but it will be you that's tested if you get stopped by the police and you get challenged. Is it necessary? I don't know how they're going to um, have a threshold test with that. I don't know um, what the parameters are. But if you don't need to carry on right now, 
my advice is to stop because that's what the government are asking us to do. Let's just kind of pull back a little bit. Let's heal this country. Let's heal everybody so we can get back to work quicker and hopefully pick up the pieces. So that's my element on that. Now, <clears throat> the next thing was there was a great uh, massive thread and a massive debate uh, about gas safety and whether or not we should be continuing with gas safety. So again, this is very subjective. So um, Kate Faulkner, thank you, Kate, if you're watching, I appreciate it, um, has been up all night and she's been putting loads of articles together. And one of um, Kate's articles that she's posted over um, to us um, is from the Gas Safe Register. And the Gas Safe Register have released this statement. So they put on here, uh, update 23rd of March, which was yesterday, until the announcement made by the UK Prime Minister on the 23rd of March, restricting people to their homes, we have continued to operate gas safety inspections and investigations focusing on the higher risks. Our inspectors have been taking a range of precautions to protect the public and engineers that they come into contact with as well as themselves based on the guidance provided to businesses and the public. So. Um, what they're saying is now general information. I don't want to go into too heavy on the on the article because it is quite a heavy article. If you've got any questions, folks, put them in now. I'm going to be here for the next 15 minutes or so. So they're saying here general information inspections. In fact, I'm going to scroll down a little bit. Update for 2020. We are aware that the new restrictions announced by the Prime Minister on leaving your home and avoidance of any social contact will reduce the ability for landlords to arrange annual safety checks. We are working with the health and safety executive to provide new guidance specific to this three week period. And then they go on to say landlords have a legal duty to repair and maintain pipework, flues, appliances in a safe condition to ensure an annual gas safety check on each appliance and flue and to keep a record of each safety check. Um, if you anticipate difficulties in gaining access as of the COVID-19 situation progress, you have the flexibility to carry out annual gas safety checks two months before the deadline. Well, if we can't get in now, we can't get in anyway. And landlords can have the annual gas safety check at their property carried out anytime from 10 to 12 calendar months after the previous check and still retain the original deadline date as if the check had been carried out 12 months after the previous check. Um, it doesn't really give much away. So basically, it's a, it's a Q&A and it's um, saying, um, are gas engineers critical workers? And they've answered that with, we have had a range of queries around whether gas engineers are critical workers or not. And we have seen a range of conflicting opinions offered by different organisations. Most comprehensive with a link. Where the queries relate to question of provision of emergency school places, we're not in a position to comment. Every engineer situation is different. So businesses who are otherwise impacted financially as a result of COVID-19 should access the various support mechanisms. Important, during any suspension period, you must not carry out any gas work. If gas work is carried out by you whilst your registration is suspended, even temporarily, this will result in a prosecution. So it's been really ambiguous. Um, 
are they uh, what are you doing folks you know i'd like to know what you're doing what they're saying here is that landlords have a legal duty to repair and maintain gas pipe work and flues this is no different but we have to treat it on a case-by-case -case basis that's what they're saying now the next element i wanted to touch on now this is really interesting yesterday there was a link that was posted which i shared um, that was a link to the proposed amendment to a bill for COVID-19 to start supporting um, self-employed people. And what they were suggesting was, I haven't got the link in front of me right now, but it was something like that they were suggesting that people that were self-employed um, potentially would have, um, if the bill is passed, uh, up to something like £2,900 uh, a month as a cap paid to them directly from the government. Now, number one, that's not been passed yet. I want to find the link, folks. That's what I'm looking for at the moment. Just trying to find the link here. Um, the first thing I want to say to you on this is that it's only a proposed amendment to the bill. This isn't statute yet. It's not been made law. It would have to go through both houses of parliament. Then it would have to get royal assent. Um, and until then, obviously, it's not law. I can't find it now. Anyway, um, but it does mean that the ball is rolling. So it does mean that people that are self-employed are potentially going to be looked after um, in the future. So it's coming. However, the bad news is that not every landlord will be deemed as self-employed. Um, now, this really depends on how you run your business and it will be very subjective. Now, it depends on which article you read, what will be deemed as um, landlord and what will be deemed as self-employed and it's all about how much time you spend in your business and how proactive you are in your business looking for more houses and what service you provide to your tenants over and above what a normal landlord would I don't have the answers to that all I'm doing is sharing the information so you are aware of what might be coming and what might be available to you right so let's hit the questions folks bear with me um, right, so start asking me questions, whatever you've got on your mind. Hi, Maruf. So Maruf is saying, morning, Rick, do we know if company directors who pay themselves a salary and dividends are eligible for any grant apart from universal credit? So I've just covered that, Maruf. So um, we have seen a leak. If it's not a leak, it's not really a leak. It's on a public website of a proposed amendment to the COVID-19 um, bill. And that does cover self-employed people. Um, if you're a company director and if you pay yourself a salary, then you would be covered um, under the furloughed working scheme if you are on the books. So if you pay yourself a salary, uh, you'd be covered on the furloughed working scheme, which means the government will pay 80% of your salary. However, if, you don't, if there's only one director and that's you, if you're furloughed, then the company would then not exist you need to take advice on that. You understand where I'm coming from. That's a difficult one. Um, if you are on payroll and you were on payroll prior to the 28th of last month, then you will be um, you will be eligible for the furloughed scheme. But if you haven't got more than one director, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, I'm sure some of the accountants that are in the group might be able to help on that. It's so grey at the moment, Maruf. Um, so again, I don't know. Um, can you be friends? Yeah. So Ahmed saying, Ingrid, can you be friends? Don't know what that means. Sorry. Um, Aist, is there any self-employed or just landlords? Okay, I've just covered that, Aist. 
Um, is it for self-employed or just landlords? So landlords might not be deemed as self-employed. You have to understand that, folks. Um, and and the, 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 the legislation is going to be subjective. So as I say, if you put so many hours a week into your landlord business, and if you provide certain services, and if you are proactive and actually looking for more properties continually, and you're not just a landlord that's got another job, um, then you may or you may not be classed as self-employed. If you're incorporated, then obviously that's going to be very different. It, this is going to be on a case-by-case -case basis now, and I think that the HMRC are going to have to plug these gaps very, very quickly. Um, Maruf saying, thank you for your answers. Maruf saying, both directors. Well, the thing is, Maruf, if you furlough both directors, then you can't operate a limited company with, without having directors. So therefore, the company doesn't exist. And there's a bit of a paradox here. And I was talking to Mark Barrett about this yesterday online. Um, I would suggest that if you're going to do that, then one of you would have to be furloughed and the other one would still have to operate the business. It's a really difficult one. Um, are you saying thank you for all that you do? Uh, you're absolutely welcome. That's why I'm here. Uh, Katrina, is it okay to do check-ins? Tenants worried that they will be fined. Right. Um, this is all brand new. But if you've promised a tenant uh, accommodation, they've left their current accommodation or they're in notice, then yes, this is going to be essential because they need somewhere to live. I would reassure your tenant prospect and say, don't worry, we've got the, the paperwork here. If you get stopped, which is going to be unlikely, you know what, folks, the police are not going to be issuing out fines immediately with this. It's going to be repeat offenders. And initially, they'll be issuing dispersal orders and a dispersal order would be a piece of paper which will ban you from the area for a certain period of time. Now, we've used dispersal orders for years and years in the past, but mainly they're used for city centres um, for antisocial behaviour and to get rid of people from... Um, pockets in the city centre so it'd be the same powers section 32 i think for those police in the room section 32 I, I'm, I, I'm sure it's something like that um that's what they will do initially so they'll give them a dispersal order which gives them a certain amount of time to remove themselves from the area and not to come back within a certain amount of time that will be logged if they are found again in the area within that time frame then they will be fined that's how this is going to work, okay? It's not going to be any different than having pockets of antisocial behaviour in cities, outside nightclubs, etc. Um, so I would reassure them and tell them that they've got the necessary paperwork if they do get stopped to call you and you can say, yes, they're on the way to a property. We are landlords. We are about to check them in. So don't worry about that. You've got to still honour those check-ins. We can't pull back from that right now, although we've got the country to look after, of course. But when you've done those remote check-ins, I think then at that point you need to draw a line and then we need to lock down for 12 weeks or sorry, for three weeks, um, not 12, three weeks um, initially and follow the government guidelines, folks. If we follow the government guidelines, we will get out of this quicker. We need, to, we need to stop this. We've got to pull together. I know it's hard. We're all in the same boat here. But the quicker we can get out of this, the quicker we can start to recover. Hi, Ingrid. How to deal with non-paying tenants and three months possible no paying? Right, this is a great question. How do we deal with non-paying tenants right now? Um, the, the, the blunt um, truth of this is that we can't. Uh, we simply can't. So if tenants now are deciding they're not going to pay either because they can't or because they are simply swinging the lead because they know they can get away with it. There is nothing we can do about that at all at the moment because we can't evict them. So this is about open communication. So if a tenant is saying now that they can't pay, we had four yesterday looking at my board here. 
Um, if they're saying to you, I can't pay, well, why can't you pay, number one? If it's because they've been laid off, or if it's because um, they've self-isolated and they're on SSP, or if it's because they are actually suffering from the, the disease, sorry, the illness, um, the virus, then they've got a valid reason, but we need to know why. They simply can't just stop. Now, we had loads of tenants call us yesterday, and they called us asking how they could start with their three-month non-payment scheme that the government have offered. There is no three-month non-payment scheme. What the government have said is that we, don't, we can't evict a tenant for three months. That's not the same thing. And tenants and employers now are interpreting this as a non-payment of rent scheme, which is not the case. Now, we need to explain then to the tenant that if they're not paying, then they will go into arrears. If they go into arrears, it means they do have to pay it back. So we have to work with them. Um, we don't know how long they're going to be off work. We don't know how long we're going to be off work. We are going to have to just suck this up. So Ingrid, I am so sorry, but I can't give you any more information than that. We are all going to get uh, non-payers. This is the reality of this. Um, there's nothing we can do about it right now apart from organising a payment scheme in the future. But this is all so much up in the air at the moment. That's what we're doing right now. Um, this is going to happen. Even if tenants are still working, if they're fortunate enough to still have a job, they will still take the piss and use this in their advantage because they will do that. And then they will leave off their own um, off their own back maybe in two or three months time. All I can say is that um, the tenants aren't paying and if they don't want to pay you back and if they're trying to take the mick, then in three months time, I think the courts are going to be overwhelmed with evictions. Um, Hello, uh, Ken girl. How about our payment for the month of April? Well, again, you know, it's we can't force the tenants to pay, folks. We can't force them. You've got to be pragmatic about this. Expect to go into the end of the month with some tenants not paying you. This is the reality of it. We cannot force them. All we can do is talk to them and we can ask them. We can ask them the reasons why. We can ask them what they've got planned moving forwards. We can guide them to universal credit. We can guide them to the supermarkets that are taking on. Whether that's still the case from today, I don't know. And we can, we're just going to have to try and work with these people as best we can. Now, this is no different than rent-to-rent -rent landlords talking to their landlords and saying, we're in uncharted waters right now. You're going to have to work with us on this. Um, Mark, hi Mark. If you have a trading business and can't work due to lockdown and no customers, are you entitled to a grant? So the government grant scheme is for businesses that have either got business rates or they are, um, they've got exemption from um, small business rates and they're in certain industries, hospitality, uh, pubs, clubs, nightclubs, restaurants, etc. So um, if you have a building, Mark, that is subject to business rates or small business rates relief, um, and if it's subject to small business rates relief, then if it's in a hospitality industry, then yes, you will get a grant of £10,000. Um, if you are paying business rates, um, then that can go up to £25,000. Simply by having um, a limited company uh, and no customers, then no, there will be no grants per se offered to you. That's why um, the government have come in with the furloughed scheme for employees, which is 80% of their salary, 
Where the other 20% comes from at the moment is yet to, you know, it depends how you read this, depends how you look into it. And um, they are deferring your VAT payments. You need to submit your VAT return as normal, but you don't pay. So they're deferring the payments, they're deferring the self-assessment, and they are currently looking to amend the bill for COVID-19 for self-employed people so they can pay them a salary of, I think it's 2006 or 2,900 pounds. That's about as much as you can do at the moment. The grant scheme is not offered to everyone. It's only offered to people in certain industries with a business premises that falls within either business rates or small business rates relief. Um, hi, Mike. Have you heard any more, Rick, about the help for self-employed? I keep coming onto this, Mike. Um, I'm, I'm, I've kind of covered this all the way through. Haven't heard anything at the moment. I'm hoping, I'm cross fingers, that the Chancellor is going to make some form of announcement today, maybe tomorrow. But at the moment, it's just an amendment to the bill. It's not been through Parliament yet. It will need to get royal assent. So we're far from getting it yet, but at least it's being talked about. Hi, Ingrid. Is rent to rent HMO has... Do rent-to-rent -rent HMO have a chance to get a grant? No, not unless they come under the, um, the parameters that I've just explained to you. Grants, let me read it to you folks, okay, because I think a few people are getting a little bit confused uh, regarding the grant scheme. Have I, I can't access it now. I think I've just actually deleted it. So the grant scheme is for certain industries in hospitality. Um, if you've got a business premises that either pays business rates or falls below the business rate, so you get small business rate relief, um, which will mean that you will get paid the £10,000 grant. Um, that will only be if you've got a business premises that is subject to business rates. And it's in those qualifying categories. If it's not, then you won't get a grant. What the government are offering are the business loans, interest-free for 12 months, and the furloughed employers scheme, and the deferred VAT and deferred tax. So no, Ingrid, to answer your question. Um, hi, Ryan. Ryan's saying reference non-payers, tenancies on benefit payments is now the fact, yeah, you know, uh, benefit tenants now are pretty hot. I think everyone's saying told you so. Um, yeah, great. That's all good in hindsight. No good right now, though. But thank you for the comment. Um, I've answered that, Mark, already. I've answered that. I've answered that. Uh, Katrina, is it okay to do check-ins? Done that one. Uh, I don't know what that means. Is this for just self-employed or just landlords? Uh, I think I've answered that one as well, hopefully. Lots of people asking to be friends with each other here. Hey, we're turning into a dating site. Uh, Marif, I've answered that one too. Okay, so Kim's saying, how are you managing the requirement to test fire alarms? Yeah, good one. Right, so don't forget, folks, here, that any responsible person can test your fire alarms. Um, now, they can test them. They can't certify them. Any responsible person can do your weekly and your monthly fire alarm checks. So what I'm going to suggest here is pick a tenant that lives in the house and get in touch with them and ask them to be your responsible person and walk them through how to do the fire alarm test. Once they've done it, they can log it in the fire alarm safety book that should be kept at the premises. So that's how we're going to get around that, Kim. Um, the, the legislation or the LACORS states any responsible person. So when it comes to doing your fire safety certification um, at the end of the six-month period for, for grade A's or uh, at the end of the 12-month for grade D's, that's going to be on a case-by-case. -case. Um, at the moment, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, we are in untested times here. Excuse me. That 
I coughed. Oh, sorry, we're remote. We don't have to self-isolate here. So that's what I would suggest that you do, Kim. It's a great way of being um, uh, proactive and also being pragmatic at the same time. Um, Ingrid saying how to deal with... I don't know what that means, Ingrid. I'm sorry, I can't understand your question. Uh, any more questions coming in, folks? Um, Ro Roshan, given the pandemic, do you think self-employed will be eligible for universal credit despite having a property of savings? <clears throat> I've covered this, Roshan, um, quite a lot. I think you may have just joined us. Um, you need to be aware of the new government bill amendment that is being uh, suggested at the moment for self-employed people. The government are suggesting that they are going to help self-employed people um, with a big proportion of their salary capped at... Uh, I'm got it in front of me, but it's like two, either 2,600 or 2,900. But you will need to be self-employed. Landlords are not, landlords aren't specifically going to fall into that self-employed category. It depends on how you run your business. Um, so that's my best answer that I can give. Gemma saying, uh, I've got an EPC due on the 10th of April. You know what, Gemma? Um, I don't think that's the most important thing right now. Um, I don't think you're going to get anybody to come out and do an EPC check for you at the moment. What ramifications is that going to bring to us? Well, we're going to have some stated cases, aren't we, Gemma? I think moving forwards when it comes to um, Section 21 evictions and what have you, which, you know, that's what this ramification will be. Most of the governing bodies are giving 28 days anyway, grace period. It's a great question. If I was uh, in your shoes now and concerned about EPC, I, would, I wouldn't have it at the top of the pile right now because we're going to be um, shut. Oh, well, are we? Are we going to be shut of Section 21 evictions now? Who knows? Who knows where we're going to go from this? But I don't think I'd worry too much about it, Gemma. I'd be giving my main concerns uh, to gas safety and um, fire alarm testing. Those would be my main concerns at the moment and making sure our tenants are safe. Give me a thumbs up, folks, if you're still with me. Uh, I need to know if you're here or not. Thank you. Um, I've answered that one. Hi, Guyas. Uh, what about self-employed taxi drivers? What will we get? Again, I've covered that. It's emerging. I don't know at the moment, but if you're self-employed and if you are listed as self-employed and your tax return says self-employed, the government are looking into, at the moment, um, plugging that gap. Uh, Gemma saying, I asked the agent to do this months or so ago. Yeah, I know. It's like, you know, when you've got HMO agents, you end up managing the manager sometimes. It's unfortunate. Tracy's saying, Pat, testing. No, come on. We've got to put, you've got to have a sliding scale on here. Um, so if we list to things like Legionnaires testing, Pat testing, electrical testing, fire alarm testing, gas safety, what do you think as a business owner would be the most important out of that list? And Pat testing is going to be right down at the bottom. At the moment, it's important, but not yet. You're not going to get anyone to come out and Pat test your properties at the moment. It's not going to happen. Um, Ryan saying, reference EPC, is it a new EPC or a new renewal? I think it was a renewal. A historic in-day EPC, maybe on the EPC register. Um, I think, uh, Ryan, it was a new uh, a renewal, I think. Hi, Dinitza. Uh, okay, folks, I'm going to be here for another five minutes. I've got five more minutes, um, and then I've got to go and service all of my other groups to make sure everybody else is okay. Um, Universal Credit covered that one. Maintenance and repairs, water leaks. Okay, good question, Wes. So Wesley's asking, what about maintenance and repairs, e.g. water leaks? Is it essential? Again, we're going to have to put this stress test on ourselves. We're going to have to work out as business owners now what we deem is important and what isn't. If a tenant is calling you and saying there's water pouring through the ceiling, is that essential? 
Well, yes, I think it probably is. If a tenant calls to you and says that the heating is down and we've got no hot water in the house, is that essential? Again, yes, I would say that that is because it covers the health and safety elements. If you can get an engineer to go out and service, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, repairs, certain repairs are going to be um, essential. Now, again, another great tip here, folks, is I'm going to suggest that you... Um, send a blanket email out now to your tenants um, stating what your emergency protocols are. Uh, please do not call us if it is non-emergency. Um, only call us if the electric is out, the boiler isn't working, there's a leak coming through the ceiling, um, there's a risk of fire, a risk of uh, life. Um, and a risk to your health and safety. All other elements should now be suspended and please work with us on this, okay? So I'm gonna sort of suggest that you do that now. Um, tenants aren't silly, you know, um, tenants are normal people, they know what's going on here, but we all have to work together. Um, renewal, yeah, so Gemma's saying it's, it's a renewal. Hi Shaf. Great to see you here. If you have a property company but no deals yet, would you still be able to get any benefits? This is a really hot topic right now, Shaf. I don't know is the answer. Um, it would depend. Have you submitted a tax return yet? Um, and I would say that if you've got no deals at the moment and you're not earning an income, then, you know, if we're going to be fair about this, what income should you expect to get from the government? So if you're not if you're not reliant on an income because you haven't got one yet, then the likelihood is you're not going to get paid anyway. And the whole government scheme amendment on the bill, the proposal is that it will be based on your last three years, an average of your last three years tax returns. <coughs> um, so you're not going to come into that category anyway, Shaf, I'm afraid. Um, Dinit, so what about council tax? Right, great question. So what we're doing today is um, our team remotely are phoning all of the local councils and we are asking them what uh, they are doing for us as landlords in terms of council tax and what, um, what, what uh, strategies they're putting in place. We don't know yet. I'll have more information on that, Danitza, um, in uh, hopefully a couple of hours' time because we've got a lot of council tax now. And so what we are doing is probably from an internal point of view, uh, suspending most of those at the moment um, and so they can bill us paper so it will give us a little bit more grace because by the time they get around to doing that, it's going to be four weeks, maybe even six. Um, I know we've got to play the game sometimes, but uh, the councils are not going to be strapped for cash right now as much as we are for putting food on our own tables. So we are going to paper billing and we're phoning them today and we're asking them what provision they're going to put in place for us. Um... Gemma, would you do this to student properties which are empty but still on AST until the 31st of July regarding your letter with empty properties? Um, well, we can't send an email out to people that aren't there. Um, if you feel your property is vulnerable, then yeah, I would say that that would be okay. You're not, if you're, if you're travelling alone uh, or with no more than one person and if you're going to the property and it's empty to inspect it yourself, I don't see a problem at all with that. You're not, you're not putting anyone at risk. You're not putting any household uh, at risk. You're not putting yourself at risk. I personally don't see the problem with that, Gemma. Um, property developers, any benefits for them? Mandy, oh my goodness, I don't know. <laughs> I can't go back through all the whole proposed bill. I don't know is the answer. If you are 
self-employed and if you are classed as self-employed and if you are submitting a tax return then there may be help on the way it's just a proposal at the moment it's not statute yet it's not gone through parliament and it's not had royal assent okay awesome uh Gemma's saying we've got really cold weather coming up have we okay well good point and thank you for that um make sure that your properties are on you know 13 maybe 14 degrees set them at that um, and I don't see a problem in traveling out just to view your own property, Gemma, personally. I don't have all the answers. You know, I'm not the authority. And I'm not in government. I'm just kind of giving you some of my practical tips on things that we're doing at the moment. We've got empty houses, but we are offering them to our local councils at the moment. So we've got about 12 empty rooms in one house. It's a development. Um, it's not been released yet, and we're offering that to our local councils for key workers. Um, so Susie, who is our business partner, um, Susie Carter and ourselves, um, we own that house collectively as a business. So we are offering that right now to um, key workers because that's the best we can do. Uh, Gemma saying, thank you for your advice. You're welcome, Gemma. Thank you for the shout out. Lee saying, do we know yet if mortgage holidays were available to landlords? Does it affect credit score? Um, I think the mortgage holidays, as far as we know it at the moment, Lee, are, effect, uh, are for everybody. Um, and buy to let landlords and everybody, yes. Does it affect credit score? The government have said it's not going to, but that's what they say. What they do are two very different things. Um, what we need is we need some form of proof from the lenders to give us some kind of peace of mind that it won't affect our credit score moving forwards. But we can't see into the future. So they're saying it shouldn't do. Whether it does or not, it's another matter. Don't forget, though, folks, your mortgage holiday is a holiday. It means you've got to pay it back and your interest may very well be rolled up to the end. So it might cost you more. So only do these things if you need to do them. Um, Travelling alone and empty, Gemma. Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. I really don't. What does everybody else think? Um, so Gemma wants to know whether it should be okay for her to go to an empty property just to make sure that she periodically inspects it whilst it's empty. Um, she's travelling alone. She's not coming into contact with anybody else and there's nobody at the house. Personally, I think you'd be okay, Gemma, on that. Um, I've covered that one. Property developers covered that one. What's everybody else doing? Ah, now I was expecting this question. What? Uh, hi, Kim, by the way. Kim's asking, what is everybody else doing regarding cleaning? We're sending money to lead tenants to do cleaning themselves. Up until yesterday, uh, we were still operating cleaning services, but only on a reduced scale. Um, we're having meetings this morning. Our cleaners are self-employed, you see. Um, so they need to make those calls themselves. But I, I'm going to make some suggestions this morning. Um, what we're going to have to do now is go into lockdown or, you know, kind of lockdown part one. <coughs> um, what we need to make sure is everybody is safe here. So uh, watch this space, Kim, with that one. Um, hi, Rick. Have self-assessments been deferred? Um, so all payments, all tax payments um, are being deferred, yes, uh, as are VAT payments, cool deep, sorry. So yeah. Hi, Danitza. Council tax bills, uh, I've covered that one. All right, folks, just got a chance for two more questions. Gemma's saying thank you for your advice. You're welcome. Uh, I also think it's fine. Gemma's saying, yeah, I think it's fine. And thanks. Have a good day, everybody. And Shaft saying, can tenants defer council tax? Sometimes I think I'm talking to myself. Shaft, I've just covered that. 
um, have a look back. Uh, I've just I've just spent five minutes talking about council tax and what we're doing at the moment. The answer is I don't know. The answer is that we are currently talking to our local councils to see what schemes they've got in place for us to be able to defer council tax, if any. Hope that helps. Kim, what's the insurance position reference properties being empty? You need to call your insurance provider, Kim. If your property is empty, you need to let them know. I can't answer that for you, I'm sorry. Lee saying, tenant messaged me today asking if we are planning to offer discount on the rent as other agents in the area have done so. Even if we state proof is needed from an employer, they could still possibly not pay. Yeah, I mean, you know what, Lee? They could not pay in any uh, environment, couldn't they? They could not pay if they choose not to. What you're gonna have to say to them is, look, you know, if they um, if they're if they're employed and they're earning 100% of their salary, they've got absolutely no excuse not to pay. And yes, they will be paying full amount. Now, I don't know what agents are talking about. The other element is that if it's your property and you own it and you're awarded a payment holiday, it's just a holiday. You've still got to pay that mortgage payment back. You've still got to pay your council tax, your water, your gas, your electric, your fiber optic broadband. So no, if a tenant, <coughs> excuse me, situation hasn't changed. If they're not struggling financially, if they're still getting paid 100% of their wages, then they should be paying 100% of their rent to you, in my view. Um, Kim saying thanks, Rick. Very helpful. And everyone else is saying thanks, Rick. Uh, okay, folks, that's it for me. Um, I'm going to be doing all of my live feeds in my page now, not my group. Because the problem is, folks, I've got that many profiles. It's hard to share this amount of content in every single one. I need to keep it in one place. That's going to be here in my page. So if you want the notifications, you have to like the page. If you don't, then that's cool. Um, I'm hoping this is useful. We're going to get through this together. Let's do as much as we can do now to heal this country so we can all get back out to work and put food on our tables. Thank you, folks. Um, let's keep the thread alive and I'll speak to you soon. All the best.